0: I'm Caroline, a yoga teacher with a special interest in menopause based in Edinburgh. And hi, I'm Dr. Claire, a GP with a special interest in menopause based in North London. Together we are the Menopause Sisters and we are here to guide and support you through your menopause journey. Welcome to the Menopause Sisters show and today we are delighted to welcome Alexandra Pope and Sharni-Hugo Wurlitzer. They're the co-founders of the Red School and authors of the Hay House book Wild Power, which has been recently published, and both myself and Dr. Claire were lucky enough to get a copy. So we've delved in, and I've actually graffitied my copy quite religiously, made lots of notes. It's a fantastic insight to the journey through perimenopause and menopause with a slightly different perspective. And what I really enjoyed was the positive perspective you both brought upon it. So welcome both. Thank you so much for having us. I wanted to start with a, a quote that I've underlined here. And well, I've made a little a little kind of uh, pencil mark. And it's in the, in the first welcome chapter. Menopause is a pause in normal life when you're called to reflect on the life you've lived thus far. Your personal history comes back to bite you on the bum, asking to be tended to and healed. You're confronted by your worst parts, not so that you can judge or fix them, but to make peace with them with the complexity of being you. It's a reckoning with yourself, your life situation and life itself. And I thought that was a, just a beautiful paragraph in that first welcome chapter, because I think there's definitely an element of perspective, perception, and a kind of reevaluation at this stage in our lives. And I'd love to hear a little bit more around the Red School uh, and how that was founded. And perhaps uh, Claire will jump in with further questions as well, but maybe you could begin with that. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: we've been, Alexandra and I have been working together for about 13 years now, Um, and it was a, uh, we found each other via various synchronicities. It wasn't uh, plotted or planned by any stretch of the imagination, but we have just an amazing working relationship, and what we've done together is really unpacked the journey from menarche to menopause, the psycho-spiritual process that we go through um, and how the menstrual cycle um, matures us, evolves us and how it can be this profound self-care tool and practice. And then of course, menopause, uh, how to meet the reckoning that it is and how to allow it to evolve us into the next um, chapter of our lives. So at Red School, we teach people all around the world around these different aspects of menstruality um, and run leadership training programs to support people to really step into their kind of own authority and um, their calling. That's that's what we're all about, really helping people find their way through this embodied connection to themselves and their cyclical nature. So that's what we're up to at Red School and we're having a lot of fun doing it so far. <laughs> <laughs>
2: work that has actually grown out of years of paying attention to the menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. it it sort of rests on I mean our collective focus on it is 40 years I mean for me it's it's at least 30 years (laughs) so it's a very it's something that we are it's a body of knowledge that's sort of arisen out of our lived experience and then our um, working with people over many, many years. Yes, when Shani and I came together, something very powerful was catalyzed, you know, just evolved the work radically. and, And it's like we just have this incredible body of knowledge now. It's just amazing. It's very apparent in your book as well. And um something I wanted to pick
0: up was um menstrual cycle awareness, which MCA, which you mentioned as a sort of an acronym, because I think for many people, this may sound a little bit alien. I feel like perhaps the younger generation are, are sort of kind of coming to this a bit easier. There's, I know there's various apps um they can use, but menstrual cycle awareness is not often something that, perhaps is taught <laughs> or or you're told about. And I know from my op- own personal experience, it's not something that I was probably doing five years ago, actually, you know, and I'm now 46. So I wonder if you could share your knowledge around this and what, what basically what the term means. Well, yeah, there's a huge
1: gaping hole in uh, awareness around this. Actually, it's a term... Uh, that we coined because we recognized that there wasn't a name to describe this kind of relationship and connection to one's body. And uh, as you probably both know, I mean, even just women understanding what's going on on a physical level when it comes to their hormonal system and their menstrual cycle. A lot of women don't even know when they ovulate. They don't even know they have a fertile window. They don't even recognize that the cycle is a certain day. All these basic bits of body literacy are missing. And the next kind of core piece of um, what we call emotional literacy that's connected to that comes from this practice of menstrual cycle awareness. And what the term means is, well, it's just describing a practice which is of, about mindfulness, paying attention to how our mood and energy shifts through the menstrual month. So it's really tracking our own uh, changing pattern and our own internal experience in relationship to the physical changes that are happening in our body. And there is, of course, a profound connection that, that most people are completely unconscious of and therefore get completely whacked around by. And they're fighting against their system, fighting against themselves all month long, and then they can't understand why they feel so stressed. So menstrual cycle awareness is really about getting ourselves into rhythm with our bodies so that we can reduce stress and really work with our, um, our organic nature Um, and that's just the beginning really because the practice then goes on to reveal so much it gives us such insight about ourselves and it is indeed a spiritual path and practice as you go deeper and deeper into it so it has its foundations in this kind of body literacy emotional literacy but when you start to pay attention it really takes you profoundly into yourself and into your inner life Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that's um, quite revelatory and people are often blown away by what they start discovering when they pay attention
3: i think that's really interesting isn't it because you know in terms of what we know about our cycles and what women know even just those basic details it's really surprising still that there are that, that it's not taught um, mm-hmm. in schools it's not you know yes we have the standard talk about what happens when you have a period and, and how not to get pregnant um but that awareness could really help in so many ways couldn't it just in terms of you know I, I'm just I know we're we're talking we're going to focus on menopause a bit later but I'm just thinking in terms of when when you get your periods when you first start your periods in menarche. you know so much changes and yet you're in this at an age where there's lots of other external changes too mm. and the two together can be not only mind blowing, but can send send girls and young women into a bit of a spin. Mm-hmm. So you know, having the ability to be aware, or having the ability to be taught how to be aware, could could be a real game changer for for, for you know, for for menarchy really.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An absolute game changer, Claire. I think in particular with regard to mental health, which it feels like there's an epidemic of distress going on amongst young people. If young women and people could be educated in, in the way, in the very basic way that Shani was talking about, of just being able to plot, chart their mood and energy levels they, it's it's extraordinary the transformation that could take place. I would just love this to be so cool, so cool. You know, and, you know, girls getting together, young people getting together. And going, oh, what season are you in? Oh, no. oh you know what day of or or it's day twenty five. Uh oh, yeah. we're going to be careful, of Today, yeah. <laughs>
0: brilliant. That remember? awareness. Awareness amongst friends would be so helpful, wouldn't
1: it? So helpful. So So. helpful. Also just in terms of, you know, how people relate to each other. But when you say game changer, Claire, I think, yes, because one of the foundations of health is rhythm, having Mm -hmm. good you know, being in rhythm with the day-night rhythm, you know, the menstrual cycle is no different. So when we can have that awareness, we really get into rhythm with ourselves. And that just sets the foundation for good physical health, good Mm. emotional health, good mental health, Mm. and good relationships, honestly, because we've all seen the fallout of like not knowing where you are in your cycle and making bad choices and, you know, losing the plot. Um,
3: it's it's exactly that. It's the awareness of what's happening from day to day, which it may be about your menstrual cycle, but it also is a good founding for health in general, isn't it? It's just exactly. awareness of what your body is doing,
2: connected to yourself, and yeah. you're pacing your own nervous system. Exactly, you're monitoring yourself. The menstrual cycle is the stress-sensitive system. Yeah. A stress sensitive system. So when you're starting to have trouble with it, it's a sign that your body is struggling in some way. Yeah. It's. it's, it's...
0: We've um, yeah. We've talked about actually. You know, if you went in to see a GP, if that first question was, you know, where are you in cycle, how are your periods, for particularly (laughs) for those who menstruate, that could be that could just be open the door to so much more as well. Because obviously, that's
3: that's really interesting. Because we we always ask this question. We ask this constantly. But actually, are we listening to the answers, um, or are we sort of actively listening to those answers? Um, and are we asking it in the right sort of way? Because yes. Actually, we commonly say, like, where are you in your cycle? What are you doing? How long is your cycle?" And then you know, you're, the woman's on your, their phone and trying to track it. And actually, yeah, I have a 28-day cycle, but what does that mean
1: exactly? Because there's such a gaping hole in knowledge. Actually, the I think the next step is educating young people to actually be tracking their cycle. So when you ask them that question, they can say, well, you know, this month I've noticed, um, you know, my energy was low in the, my inner spring in the pre-ovulatory phase. And normally it should rise It's because I didn't get enough rest in my, during menstruation, you know, they, they can give you that level of information. Yeah. So you can actually really understand what's going on. So yeah. this, this is, um, this would be very exciting. Actually, somebody who trained with us, uh, Kate Shepard Cohen has um initiated a social prescription program for the NHS, which really educates people in menstrual cycle awareness. That's a wonderful thing that's starting to happen. So it's coming.
0: Yeah. It's coming. Brilliant. And I love the analogy you use in the book of, you know, the first two weeks of the cycle, the first stage of the cycle being in like almost like the inhale and the last two is the exhale because mm-hmm. As a breathwork teacher, you know, the inhales more active and the yeah, exhale yeah. is more passive, you know, that parasympathetic rest and digest side of the nervous system. So for me, immediately that spoke to me. I was like, Oh, yes, lovely. That beautiful kind of rhythm. I'm currently waving my hands in a sort of undulating motion, <laughs> 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 although our listeners can't, can't see me. So I think of the waves kind of flowing in and flowing out on a beach, you know, and that's, I think, a really helpful visual, um, to have. Mm-hmm. I love also you, you talk about getting fit. menopause so as we come on from sort of cycling and cycle awareness getting fit for menopause and this is something both myself and and claire talk about a lot this idea of getting ready and it's it's not just physical fitness is it you talk about it's also you know mentally preparing i wondered if you wanted to share a little bit more about that
2: well since we're talking about cycle awareness menstrual cycle awareness we actually see this as a as a sort of aspect of Uh, of being prepared for menopause, because we were talking, we were talking just now about um, menarche being, and that's the beginning of the journey of your cycling years and menopause is the end of your cycling years. And, um, you know, menstrual cycle awareness is the process of tracking your journey from menarche to menopause. And we've mentioned that it's a stress sensitive system. So as you're, Um, If you're connected to your cycle, you are embodied in something. And we say you are evolved into menopause. Mm -hmm. you, You feel inside yourself. So menopause is less of a sort of slap in the face, which for most people it is. It's like a whole kind of shock to the system it's like you are almost inducted into it instead. So menstrual cycle awareness is really a sort of foundational practice for growing into menopause, for when we say getting fit for menopause, it is about getting prepared for, we mean it getting fit on a very literal level as well, but it's about being kind of alive to yourself and because that's what menstrual cycle awareness gives you, you're inside yourself. You're feeling your emotions. You're feeling how they're changing. You're more in. You're in touch with your needs. Um, cycle awareness develops just self-esteem naturally. It just helps you to establish boundaries better. And as you come in closer to menopause, you are more aware of yourself and your needs and what you want and so on. So there's more of a feeling of being in charge rather than at the mercy of something. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a very important aspect of being ready for menopause, is just basic menstrual cycle awareness. But we also we mean it on a very literal level of being physically well, Mm. really pay attention to your health. So if you're starting to um, have health challenges in your 40s, you know, your cycle is perhaps not quite as regular or your premenstrual time is becoming more kind of ratty and (laughs) difficult and ragged and so on, um, to to listen up and go, hang on a moment, you know, I've got to up my self-care. Mm. and um, I, can't, I can't push myself in the same way. Mm. You're really um, um, paying attention to your nervous system, um, managing stress better. Um, all these sorts of things are going to help you to meet, be- to meet menopause in a better place. So it's about really upping your self-care mm. and getting physically stronger. Just feeling your physical strength, um, strengthening strengthening your physical body. Um, It's it's actually on all levels, that physical level on a kind of, and that includes that sort of nutritional level, um, an emotional level. You are, uh, I want to say, toning yourself up. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: But what's interesting is, um, you know, menopause is this time of transition. So there's such a huge amount of flux that happens in our system. And whenever we're in extreme transition, our systems are made more vulnerable physically, but also mentally and emotionally. So in the lead up to menopause, um, What you're doing is because it's a graduation, it isn't like you aren't suddenly dumped in menopause, as Alexandra said, there's a graduation. So in the lead up to menopause, if you're paying attention, you start to shift gears because your body is shifting gears. And then when this like deep transition happens, you're connected to yourself and paying attention and you can actually meet yourself in the place you're in and do the things that you need, like Often people really need to rest in menopause, but because they haven't been paying attention, they override, 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 and then they experience all kinds of uh, health symptoms and um, you know emotional uh, fallout from that. So the getting fit has so much to do with that pacing piece and being connected to yourself piece, so that you aren't um, yeah as we
3: said slammed into something. But Karen, and I talk a lot about about self care and how actually for many for many women that that can often be the hardest part yeah um, to give yourself time and and I know sort of in the book you talk about you know one of the things you said is 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 self care but how might i guess it's allowing ourselves to do that and allowing ourselves at any point wherever we are in the transition or whether it's you know we're not transitioning into menopause but but allowing ourselves to do that and are there any tips you would say that could be helpful for women to I guess allow themselves to self-care a bit better, or is it something that we just need to, to, to bite the bullet and go? Well, this is something we just got to do. You know, is it black, fairly black and white for you? <laughs> Very good
1: question.
3: Very good question. I have some thoughts. What
1: you 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 share what you're thinking, Alexandra? We might be on the same track with this one.
2: Do you know? It's a bit of both, really. You've got to get tough with yourself. I'm just going to feel into it because it's just really got me thinking, what would be my tips to help um, people go coming into menopause? Well, the first thing that went through my head was, you've got to take yourself seriously. Mm. I think, well, I'm talking particularly about women, you know, giving out their energy to others. And not keeping enough for themselves and now things the dial is shifting Mm. the dial is shifting so at menopause the dial shifts the point of the dial shifts towards you instead of out towards the world and if you can't follow that dial as it turns (laughs) towards you that's when trouble happens so when you're starting to feel like your children are irritating you it's like you wouldn't mind if your children could leave home right now (laughs) even though they're only 10 years old (laughs) couldn't they just go now your partner you just you know you just want just this feeling of wanting to be left alone so immediately I'm imagining a woman or person just going into a place of oh what's wrong with me you know why am I feeling and so they would judge themselves and I would want to say no nothing's wrong with you the dial is just changing and it's about you learning to prioritize yourself Mm -hmm. the very first thing is you've actually got to not uh, not judge what's happening, what you're feeling, but take yourself seriously. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm needing something now. Mm-hmm. So that would be my first comment. Shani, why don't you come in here and say something? I love what you're saying because uh, in response to your question, Claire,
1: what Alexandra's pointing to is that actually in menopause, people have an instinct to to behave differently. They mm-hmm. feel compelled to stop, to rest, to do less. So yeah, I love what you said, Alexandra. It's about taking yourself seriously and really trusting that that impulse is right and good and is indeed what you need. And the bit that I want to add is um, responding to our needs is a muscle. And a lot of us haven't practice and flex that muscle we've spent a lifetime of overriding our own needs for others so you know it's like i wouldn't recommend a hardcore workout if you've never exercised before mm. i'm going to suggest you you take a micro dose of what you're needing just to start to get used to how bloody good it feels <laughs> <laughs> because once you felt how good it feels, you will want another little dose. You know, yeah. talk about the one percent, and this is mm-hmm. this is this is the thing that gets us over the line. It's like I want to be alone. Oh, I'm just going to be alone just this evening. I'm not going to yeah. s- sit and have dinner with my family, or just today, I'm not going to go you know, out with my friends. So you, you, it might even be smaller than that. It might be just, you know, you, you've got small children. Some people do in menopause and you decide you're going to close the bathroom door to be by yourself and you go to the toilet, you know, whatever it is. The little ways that you honor that need start to kind of be very generative and that tends to build momentum. And in our experience, like people who do our courses, they start with the 1% before they know it. They're on a year long menopause sabbatical, you know,
3: <laughs> it
0: happens. Uh, that's brilliant. I'm going to bring in this, this smudging. I know that lovely term smudging that you bring in and doing as little as possible. And and this won't well make you smile. I, I took I t- what was a little sofa out of my office, which I'm recording from today. And it's a studio because I, I teach online as well. And I've put a little day bed in. <laughs> And actually I probably i I probably copied Kate actually because I remember when we were, we spoke to Kate Codrington about her beautiful book and her knowledge and she had a little sofa in the backdrop and she said she often sleeps on that sofa. And that idea of it's permission, like Claire said, isn't it? There's a little bit of permission needed. There's a little bit of listening. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little bit of actually you have to do this. You have to follow through. You know, you can't ignore it. Um I know we had a I want to watch workshops that I just want to run away into a cave and so how can you make that cave possible (laughs) you can't make it possible for five years but can you you build yourself a cave for five minutes you know
2: (laughs) that's the point exactly and it's consistency and I think having um, don't go it alone is what I want to say have buddies have allies so you can kind of nudge each other along gently so One percent, building consistency, making it easy for yourself, And having allies. Oh, and then brought up snudging. And snudging is basically lowering your standards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard what, one, what can though. you get away with, basically? <laughs>
1: yes. Like
2: you deliver on your job, but you just, you know, there's no yeah. fact on it now. It's just, it's very lean, you know, what you're doing. Yeah, because yeah. we all over-deliver. We all over-deliver, so... Stop over, uh, stop over delivering.
3: Pull back. Yeah, but still be enough. And the acceptance of that, isn't it? It's it's again permission, but it's also accepting that you know perhaps exactly. you know perhaps actually you you can't deliver as much as you did, but there are reasons why you can't do that. And perhaps having a bit of self-care will make you deliver enough. It's yeah. that sort of circle, isn't it? I think one of the problems and what what I loved about some of the book is, well, not some, all of the book, but particularly for me, coming from a very Western uh, medicine view on, on menopause, is I often see a lot of women who are almost, for want of a better term, burnt out in the menopause or burnt out in the perimenopause because mm-hmm. they haven't practiced any self-care or they find it very difficult to practice self-care because there's so many demands on their time. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are trying to do the things that they did maybe 10 years ago, but all of them ineffectively. So that's obviously making them feel worse in this vicious cycle. Um, Really, I think the idea of of snudging, just even thinking about how you can pull back just a tiny bit and that 1% or even that 0.5%, could be really helpful for for women like that, and and perhaps they seek permission not from themselves but from others as well. So, do you find that in your workshops that perhaps some women are needing to maybe maybe allow themselves self care, but by seeking the permission of others sometimes? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm
1: thinking of uh, is it the one-minute mile, you know, when that was broken. There's something about seeing someone else do something that makes us go, huh, can, that's possible, you know. I'll never, I'll never forget a friend with, you know, small children. It's like she just left them and went out for the day on her own. I was like, wow, you can do that. It was like, great, I'm going to do that too. You know, you don't kind of think it's possible until you see someone else do it. So there is – that, that's why having community around you and others in menopause really helps because you don't feel like a freak of society because the rest of the world is much more in a kind of summertime consciousness, whereas menopause, you're going into this winter consciousness. So you need others who are in that that kind of world with you, and I think also understanding that it's a season of your life. It's also not forever, mm-hmm. you know. You're in a a season of your life that requires very particular ways of being and particular self care and, and that kind of thing. So having others who are there with you just helps to normalize it and kind of helps nudge us along, definitely.
0: Connection. I love that that's come up, you know, the community and connections we, we've seen it in our list. I know you would have both done that as well. And actually, I think it's about, like you say, connection and knowing it's okay. You know, a perfect examples this week, my children, three boys have had pastor every night. Board. Yeah. But yeah. I don't have the energy. I don't have the energy yeah. to make anything else this week. And yeah. that's what you're getting, you know. And and so actually, then that's okay. That's absolutely yeah. fine. I was talking to friends last week and she said, oh, yeah, they just had cereal for dinner. Why not? Like, yeah. Why not? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Taking something off that plate and giving yourself exactly that little bit of time that gives you a bit more time, thinking space. You just give yourself a bit more energy back by taking something away. That law of subtraction. It's, it's such a positive book. It's a just a beautiful kind of awakening and this idea of you know just preparing yourself, getting ready. But actually, you also talk about the alchemy of menopause. And I know just from you know previous work and career and, and just watching women that are now a little bit older, but maybe came through perimenopause or menopause, they've done amazing things you know they've this, mm. it's born amazing ideas it's born new careers it's born a completely different direction mm. and so i think this stage is incredibly pivotal for for many people just want to touch on the alchemy of menopause and and how you how you explain it in the book
2: <sighs> yes <laughs> <Pause. clears throat> it is so liberating menopause is an awakening mm. It's nothing less than the most extraordinary awakening. And in that awakening, you you start by dying to the self that you have been. so it's it's the end of a huge chapter of your life, you know, it's, and um, so there's this a process of ending that you have to go through of, and that ending is, of course, the not so attractive bit of menopause at least for our egos <laughs> because our egos need to be out there doing things controlling and you know producing and so on and menopause is going ah 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 come on you are you are going to come in here right now and drop everything for a while and really um it's like you take off identities it's like you're stepping mm-hmm. away from something so you're being dismantled and that's a bit unnerving for our egos <laughs> And um, because we're becoming more exposed to ourselves, so our inner life will start to, um, sh- you know, the things that we have held down that have been, we've been sort of repressing to get on with life, are going to now start to speak to us. So it's a process of dropping down into ourselves and recovering more of ourselves. And in that act of um, dismantling, letting go of identities, meeting—if um, you like—the shadow side of us, the things that we have um, suppressed and ignored. Um, we, if we, if we're supported, and it's very important to be resourced and supported. If you're not, then this is hell. To to go into that place of just really meeting what is coming up, we're we're doing. It's just an incredible. <laughs> revelation that can start to happen about yourself. It's like you're exposed to yourself in a way you have never been before. So first of all, you're exposed to the shadow side. But as you move through that, you come to a place or you can come to a place of like a stillness, a still point. And it's an incredible moment there where you go, wow. So you've stepped away from things. I know daily life is still sort of going on. It's a weird phenomenon, menopause. You're living at two levels. (laughs) Managing daily life as you're doing this deep subterranean alchemical work. And you come to this place of just really the stillness where you're very present to yourself. And you go, you just get insights about yourself. It's like opening a portal. You open a portal and you go, oh my God. Oh, wow. Yeah. I I thought I was that kind of, I've been pushing myself to be that kind of, and that's not me. Who I am. You get a real insight about who you are and what you want. And it's so interesting in that initial stage of menopause, you're just saying no to everything. You go, no, 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 no. No, 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 don't know. You don't know what the yes is, but you just, and you know, you can't logically explain, you just know, no, I don't want to do that anymore. It's extraordinary. It's so powerful that no
0: completely speaks to me. Elizabeth. I can't tell you how many how many no's I'm getting used to saying now, and and also just taking on things. I think that's the other thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah. So it's just no, no, no. So you have to go through that, and then and then you're left in this exposed place. Well, if I've said no to all that, what is the yes? You know. But the thing is, the yes starts to arise. It comes it comes to you or it comes to you with ever more clarity. Because I, you know, before I went into menopause proper, I had such clarity of, oh, I'm to stop being a psychotherapist and I have to leave Australia and go back and live in the UK again. And I, but, you know, I've been in Australia for many years. And, but I, you know, shit, what was, you know, this was my identity as psychotherapist. This is what I did. You know, what am I going to do? Well, I wanted to do this menstruality work, but there was no work. There was, you know, I had to create it. There wasn't a job waiting for me. So, um, yes, it's it's kind of unnerving saying all the no's because where you know, where am I going to go? But then there's this knowing that arises of what you do want. Oh yes, yes, and this is like the beginning of the return coming out of menopause, and you, it's it's very wonderful. It's incredibly freeing. I just feel incredibly happy as a postmenopausal woman because I am totally in my joy stream of what I love doing. It doesn't mean there's a lot of hard work. We're doing quite a lot of hard work at the moment, actually. <laughs> but it is—I'm doing what. What I was designed for. It's like you you really step away from all societal expectations of what you're supposed to be, you know, what your family thought you should be and all those sorts of things. And I'm not denigrating any of that. You know, I, I've, I've got really good, useful skills from my previous life. Um But now it's all about me just completely freeing myself to be myself in a way I have never been before. And it arises from within you. And I think we can hear the joy there as
0: well, like in your voice. I think that's really key there. There's a joy and a smile for those (laughs) obviously who can't see see you. And I think it's that inner joy that I can feel, you know, and I can see. And I think the other stage can be joyful and and, and quite liberating as well.
2: But you've got – the the key here is you've got to trust – it's a bit of a cliché, but you've got to trust the process. Yeah. Menopause, in a way, is holding you in something. You will feel that you have to pull away from the world, and then you will feel you cannot move. You just don't want to do anything. You don't want to engage with people. You just want to retreat. You just want to just be still, and you don't want any demands. This is this is the menopause alchemy at work. Yeah. This is the alchemy at work. It needs you just to stop. It's like winter time, you know, when the earth goes quiet. And then out of that quietness of winter, the miracle of spring happens. And that's what happens with you through menopause. That's really what
3: you said, actually. (laughs)
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know we're sort of coming to the end, actually, of, of our discussion. and. There's so much more to be discussed. We could be here for a few more hours, but there's a there's a quote towards the end of your book um, from somebody called Suze. And I, I wanted to draw our attention to this because I thought this was really beautiful. And the quote she says is, I totally loved menopause. It was like riding a horse with a golden sword in hand. I had no choice about my path, no wavering. The sword was hacking away through the path. What was hitherto unknown became absolute clarity about what I had to do. It's the great gift of menopause.
2: That's a corker of a quote, that one. I <laughs> absolutely love it.
0: And I thought it was a nice one perhaps to just end on, because I think there's a real positivity there, which is a thread throughout the whole of your book. And I think I'd like to just name that because I think over the last few years as a you know, oh we have to get through this or I'm doing this or these symptoms. Actually it's a journey. And at the end of it, there's light. And I thought that was beautiful because I think we can look back on the journey once we get to post-modern
3: pause and go, ah, that's why, that's how I got here. And also, just to add to that, Caroline, you know, there's lovely quotes throughout. There's just sort of really beautiful things that are said throughout. And I think from a, I guess, medical doctor point of view, we often hear about the negativity of menopause and it's, you know, oh, I'm just going to feel dreadful. And it's something to dread. It's something to fear. But actually, what we got from the book was the positive message of it and how it can be a very liberating experience. So I wanted to thank you for that because it's one one of the few, I guess, reads out there that is... Is shedding a positive light on on what for many um, is a fearful time. Yes, we really try to reframe and give
2: context to yeah. all the feelings because all the feelings that come up we that many have uh, uh, through menopause um, they're very common and very real, but there's actually meaning behind them, and when you understand the context and meaning of these feelings, then it it actually transforms something for you it's it, it actually empowers ultimately um i think that's really really important and it's the it's part of the alchemy of menopause at work yeah so i'm so glad that you that you really felt that positive message through the book and and we don't diminish the suffering that many mm-hmm. uh, country um but and behind that suffering is this alchemy trying to happen and we've tried to articulate the alchemy so that people can start to actually allow menopause to guide them to 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 let menopause do the work it's trying to do which is to awaken you to yourself but i just want to add one really important thing here which is that um We need to be resourced and supported. And that involves living in a culture that that, uh, I don't want to say celebrates menopause, but dignifies it, Mm. that, that gives menopause real respect. And then, of course, within that context, I think it's going to be easier for us to be able to follow the imperatives That we are feeling because our feelings are guiding us. Mm -hmm. They're guiding us. But we don't know how to listen and trust and follow that. There's an acceptance
0: there and perception, isn't there, all in one go. Um, and I love the idea of, uh, of dignifying menopause because I think it's really key here. I think on that note, we're going to we need to wind it up. But thank you so much, Alexandra and Sharni, just for your time, for this beautiful offering of this book. And we were joking when we first met this morning that it took a while to get a date in the diary, but we're really overjoyed that we managed to do it.
2: I am glad too. It's been really <laughs> terrific to meet you. Both actually. <laughs> the past- it's
0: so good.
1: Yeah, hearing how the book has landed with you and what you've taken from it. It's made for such a good conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, thank you both.